0: (laughs) from anytime studios in hastings minnesota this is anytime health radio here's your host marty flanagan Well, welcome back to Anytime Health Radio, your audio resource for living well. We have on today Vince Del Monte. You know, he used to be called Skinny Vinny, and you're going to hear him talk a little bit about that today. He's really transformed his body, and he's done quite a great job at being able to educate others and spread the message on how you can actually transform your body. And he's got a great balance of food, exercise, supplements. Here we go. Vince Del Monte on Anytime Health Radio. We're here with our guest, Vince Del Monte. Vince, how are you doing today?
1: I'm doing really good, man. Thanks for having me.
0: Yeah, though, it's great to have you on Anytime Health Radio, and you have a lot of great expertise that, that uh, you want to share with us today. You know how to activate your body when it comes to burning fat and cooking and eating well, uh, I should say, and, and along with your workouts. And a lot of times now, the, it's not about how big we can get, but it's about how fit we can get. Um What about you? Can can I just give us uh, the ESPN highlights, if you would say that, about Vince Del Monte?
1: Sure. Well, I think the the important thing for people to know is my nickname used to be Skinny Vinny back in high school. I come from a long-distance running background, and I was plagued with everything that comes with the skinniness syndrome, and um, I wanted everything that I thought the muscle would give me. So... uh, I was uh, a long-distance runner all through high school and university. I got a kinesiology degree, and then I got into the fitness industry when I was 22 years of age. The only problem was that I didn't—I didn't look like a personal trainer. So, um, fortunately, I met somebody who um, basically taught. Taught me a new set of rules to follow to transform my body from skinny to muscular, and I was back at the age of 22, and uh, that kind of launched my um, interest into the fitness industry, becoming a successful trainer. And then a few years later, I wrote a book on how I personally transformed my body from, you know, scrawny to brawny, and uh, it became a best-selling uh, ebook on the internet. It's actually the number one selling muscle building book on the entire internet, and um, that was back in 2006 when I launched that book. And since 2006, I I actually worked from. I was a personal trainer for between the ages of 22 and 26. I was a trainer for four years, and then um, I now I coach everybody on the internet. So I have an online fitness business, and I'm the author of a lot of different fitness products. And um, recently, my interest has been uh, more around fat loss, since I uh, recently had to transform my body from 227 down to 195 to compete at. a big fitness competition here in Canada. And um, actually just recently, the biggest highlight for me was that I earned my pro card. So I did well enough in the show to get my pro card so now I can compete at the World Championships on August 27th. And that's uh, here in Toronto, Ontario. So uh, that's that's where I'm at. And, um, you know, so I've helped people go from skinny to muscular, and I've helped people go from, you know, regular to ripped, and uh, I've helped people just uh, lose anywhere from the last five pounds to the first 50 pounds.
0: Well, let's start with the first one. If there's anything, when it comes to that, packing on some size and now there's there we've had different guests on anytime health radio like uh lee haney mr olympia lee haney and we've oh, had wow. uh, uh, ben greenfield who's a personal trainer come on anytime health radio and we've talked about a lot about different on putting on size and, and how to do those workouts um and you know and how long we should be working out you know 45 minutes a shot and maybe doing two a days things like that what was successful for you
1: yeah, those really great questions, and uh, you know I'm actually a big uh, fan of Lee Haney, and I'm uh, I follow one of his famous uh, mantras, which is to stimulate the muscles, not annihilate the muscles. And I think a lot of people are in the misconception that when they go into the gym, they have to go to the point where they have to limp out, or they have to be sore for days, and that's actually not the case. Uh, a lot of the literature in the muscle building field talks a lot about shocking the muscles and I disagree with a lot of that because there's no uh, structure or there's no way of measuring shock so I'm a big believer in sparking your muscles into muscle growth and what that simply means is every time I go to the gym I simply try and do just a little bit more than I did my previous workout whether that's based around um, an extra rep or an extra pound or uh, less time during the rest period, or even more tension on my muscles by moving the weight slower, those are all honest measures of progress. I, I teach my clients how to spark their muscles to muscle growth. So that's like the overlying principle. And then um, that gets applied to, um, you know, for me at the start, I relied on full body workouts. I was a big believer in hitting all the muscle groups with high intensity but low volume say a a full body workout would be maybe on monday wednesday and friday and um, within each workout i would hit all the major muscle groups but the key was that every workout was different exercises so at the end of the week let's just take the chest for the example i would have hit my chest three times but on monday i would have done a dumbbell flat on on Wednesday I might have done a incline barbell and on Friday I might have done push-ups. So at the end of the week I've hit my chest three times but from three different angles and then I would apply that to all my different muscle groups. And then, you know, if we look at sets and reps, I was a big believer in variable rep ranges. I find your body adapts to um, reps quicker than any other variable. So if you're always working within the same rep and set pattern, uh, your body can adapt and, again, the key, obviously, for most people is to keep it fun and stimulating, so those were also uh, double serving.
0: Now, what about when it comes to that ripped part of it? Now, that's always been the big thing, too, whether you're taking thermogenics or whether we are change your eating from taking in more fruits and vegetables in the morning and more proteins in the afternoons and carbs at night. I was working with somebody yesterday that was suggested to them at one time to lose weight, to do not have carbohydrates until after 7 o'clock, and I almost fell out of my chair because I've never heard that before. 20 years in this business, I've never heard to gorge yourself with protein all day, don't have any carbohydrates, and at 7 o'clock at night, have as many as you want.
1: Yeah. Well, the thing with the fitness industry, the big problem is that everything you hear, you never hear within context. So, you know, you could say 20 different things like that, but unless I understand the context of the individual, you know, the person's genetics, metabolism, goals, it's hard to... Say if there, you know, I'm not, a, I'm not a big believer in what's right or what's wrong. I honestly don't think there's many things that are right or wrong in fitness. I think the key is to figure out what's right for you based on your level of seriousness, how much time you have. There's so many factors that go into that, you know, whether that's, you know, that statement might be true for certain people, but it's definitely not true for me because I work out in the evening time. I'm a big believer that you need to, you know, refuel your workouts and consume certain kind of carbohydrates after your workout. So if I even work out, you know, 9 o'clock at night or 1 in the morning, I'm still going to have carbs after my workout. So you have to, and a lot of people, who, you know, you need, you need to understand the science. A lot of people don't understand the science. They just kind of repeat what they heard and uh, don't really question it. And uh, a lot of the information out there is, you know, <laughs> kind of an accumulation of the blind leading the blind. So... You know, if you don't have a science background, a lot of stuff might – a lot of stuff sounds like it makes sense. So, you know, it's uh, – yeah, you know, again, I need you know, more input. Yeah, no, that's and that's the thing, point. too, is with
0: that is that, you know, somebody can say something, but at a time in their life, you know, they had different ideas or their body reacted differently. And then as their body changes, they get older, they – you can't go back to how you ate when you are 18 when you are 35, You know, you have your body does change, so you may be taking more protein in the during the day, and like you said, working out at night and then doing carbs after some carbs afterwards. So, you know, and a lot of times you hear stuff out there of the success stories of what I did and this is how I did it. With just because it worked for their body doesn't mean it's going to work for your body.
1: Yeah, it's important to put all fitness information into context because you know. And you have to ask where did it come from? You know who was it, and who is this principle influenced by and um there's a lot of truth, don't get me wrong to a lot of those statements, but again, you just you just can't um it, it's a little it's a little more complicated than that. <laughs> people try to make fitness really simple and 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 there are principles that are simple in nature, but in implementation they really come down to you know you as an individual
0: well, you think about trying it too, not just looking at the information. And- and understanding the science, but also we have to try to find out what works for our body, correct?
1: Yeah, I'm I'm a big believer. I teach my clients uh, a little little model, and I didn't come up with this. A famous guy came up with this, but it goes like this. What can be measured can be managed. And most people aren't measuring anything within their fitness. They're not measuring their food intake, their exercise output, and at the end of the week there's nothing to manage because it's kind of like – It's kind of like they're playing the lottery. They're kind of just trying to guess their way to a a healthy body or um, a certain kind of physique. And, And at the end of the week, when they haven't made any progress, they don't know what variables to investigate. So, again, this is really, really important for people who are actually trying to achieve a specific goal. This, uh, you know, if you're, if anybody's listening who kind of likes to go to the gym just kind of as a hobby and, and stress release, and you're not really trying to, you don't really care how things are looking in the mirror, progressing, this info doesn't apply to you. But if you're really trying to make the most of your time and trying to get from point A to point B, you need to measure things, you know, it's kind of like trying to get faster without wearing a watch. <laughs> you never know if you're, you, how do you know if you're getting faster if you're not wearing a watch? And that's what people are doing with their fitness and their nutrition. They're trying to change their body without wearing a
0: watch. Well, now you talk about how you, you dropped that weight to get ready, for, which, congratulations, by the way, by getting your pro card. I, that, is Thank not, you. a, that is not an easy thing to do. And sometimes people are like, oh, you got us pro card. Yay. And that's a lot of work. That takes a lot of time, a lot of dedication, and a lot of sometimes failure to finally get that success because you can go to show after show after show, and it's that not giving up and that persistence that obviously gets you your pro card.
1: Yeah, well, uh, you know, I can speak to that. Um, I, I competed on August. Um, I competed April the 16th, and uh they gave first place to Pro Card, and I honestly thought I was going to be second or third, w- worse, and I came fifth. So you're right. There is a lot of disappointment, and the judges, I thought I was ripped, and the judges told me they wanted me even more ripped. So I competed two weeks later, and, um, you know, yeah, you're right. Especially with uh, these physique shows, um even this whole sport in general you know try and transform your body if you're not um if you can't accept criticism physique transformation isn't for you because you really need to be in tune with you know what's how your body looks to make it better you know it's, and this is this isn't like vanity stuff either this is like being a true athlete and looking at your body objectively and saying you know what does my body need to look better and feel better and to perform better and you have to really individualize your approach to transforming or else you're going to, you know, you might not be happy with the end product. So, you know, that's where the contest stuff really gets me excited because it's really individualized.
0: And Now, when you, when you did lose that weight and what was your, what really worked for you? Was it a combination of a few different things? But we talked about food a little bit earlier. And I'm guessing I had a pretty big role to play it in how you got that lean.
1: Yeah, I mean, if you have specific um, um, topics you want to touch on within within nutrition, feel free. We can touch on any of those. But I would love to share my overall principle with everybody because it's it, it doesn't matter what food plan you're following. It's a mindset that will really, really get your head screwed on straight. And what I find within a lot of the fitness world, a lot of people simply, and I mean, this is in life in general. People can't stay focused, so they download a uh, they download an ebook, or they go to the bookstore and they get a diet plan, or they 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 uh, you know find a program they want to follow, and they can't focus on today. They're thinking about the you know the trans, the pictures in twelve weeks from now. They're thinking about you know how they should change it next week, and they just can't implement the program today. So my coach, who's an IFB pro bodybuilder. The, the, one of the first things he told me at the start of my contest prep, he said, Vince, I don't want you to think about the pictures. I don't want you to think about the contests. He knew I was making a product out of my entire transformation. I don't want you to think about the DVDs. I don't want you to think about the photo shoots. I want you to focus on today. I want you to take a meal-by-meal approach. And I have five meals on my meal plan. And he said, I want you to focus on the next meal in front of you. I don't want you to think about anything else. So um, that really, really set me straight. I don't know. That was like the magic. That was the magic pep talk that got my head on straight. And when he told me, focus on making today the best day ever. And he said, if you focus on making today the best day ever, you end up with your best body ever. I did. I I got down a sub-5% body fat. I look better than I ever have in eight years. And it was because I just focused on today. So, you know, simply looking at the clock, oh, shoot, I'm up for meal two. got to get off the phone right now. i got to close my MacBook right now. i got to get in the kitchen and make meal two right now. And if I'm in the kitchen preparing meal two and I realize I don't have foods for meal three, you know, my priorities were so, so um, important that, you know, I'd go to the grocery store right now to make sure I've got meal three. So, you know, again, this this comes down to pri- this comes down to the priority conversation. But um, assuming that transforming your body is a priority, taking a meal-by-meal approach is critical. And, you know, that also kind of freed me up because we all know that to, to follow your meal plan 100%, you know, even the professionals don't do that. Um, I would say I, I was dialed in about a little over 90% and I was good enough to get my body under 90, um, you know, 5% body fat. But um, let's say I screwed up meal two. I would just forget about it, and I would just get, get on track for meal three. Let's say I totally screwed up day four. Then I'd just forget about it and get back on track on day five. So it was really a meal-by-meal meal approach, and that's what was the winning formula for my transformation.
0: And, you know, there's a lot of, Oh, and we focus on a meal-by-meal meal approach is obviously very effective. And, you know, we, m- my family and I, we plan on our meals every, a week in advance. So it definitely helps us what we're having every day. Uh, you know, and a lot of times, that you're right, that's not a priority. But it needs to become a priority when you really have goals to go after, whether it be losing weight, gaining muscle. Uh, it, it it has to be a priority. And a lot of times we miss that. Well, I'll just go out to eat. I'll just go do this. I'll just go do, go and get something over there you make it a priority the changes that you can see is you, you, it's, you're so right is it, the changes can be unbelievable in your body.
1: Mhm, absolutely. Now, uh, how about
0: No, go go ahead. No, go ahead.
1: I was just going to add to that. I mean, the big thing with most people in transforming their body is that they're just not giving themselves enough time. I hear a lot of people complain about I've got stubborn fat and I always tell them there's nothing stubborn about your fat, you know. And they'll say, "Oh, no, my lower abs fat, it, it, it's it's so stubborn." I'm like No, it's not. It's just, it just needs more time. So most people, you know, the more dialed in you are, when I say that term dialed in, by the way, basically mean compliant. You're adherent. you're, you know, if you've got six meals on, let's just use six as an example. So six meals on your meal plan times seven, that's 42 meals a week. So 90% adherence, I don't have a calculator, but I'm not sure what 90% 90 of 42 is, but let's say it's about 35. That means you're, eating at least 35 of the 42 meals on your meal plan. That means you're dialed in 90% of the time. So kind of when you have that visual, the more adherent you can be to your meal plan, the better results you'll get. So if you're only following your meal plan 50% of the time, don't be surprised if you're only on track to your results, you know, you're know, you're 50%, you're 50% behind your results. So the people have to understand this. They are in complete control. Of how their body looks. And this is what my coach told me. He said, Vince, you are in complete control of how you look on April the 16th at 1 p.m. when you step on stage. You are in control. And I'm like, it's right. And I'm in control based on what I eat right now. And um, another little um, principle I can share that will be really helpful is um, the hurt rule. And everybody... You know, we don't need to talk about how you know tempting our society is with all the fast food restaurants and social settings and all that kind of stuff. We all get that. We're all busy. We all we we don't need to talk about that. So the question is, how do you deal with it? And I use the help hurt rule. So whenever I'm in a situation where I'm you know, let's say it's uh, I could skip this meal and just um, go out for dinner and just try and eat clean. It's it's it, it, I always ask myself this: Will that help me or hurt me? And if decision will hurt me. I don't make it. If the decision will help me, then I make it. And the more help decisions you have, the faster you get to your goals. So the people that are transforming their bodies and getting really phenomenal results and and all that and inspiring people and who, who you look up to, they probably have executed more help decisions than hurt decisions. Most of the time it doesn't come down to how much you know and how much, you know, there's quite a bit of information out there and if you just implement some of the right things, and that's the key word, you implement it, you'll get results. So the more times, another way to phrase that help-hurt decision, another way somebody phrased this to me was, whenever you're in a situation where you're unsure of, use common sense and ask yourself this, will this decision move me closer to my goals or further from my goals and this can be applied right across the board to you know should i get off the treadmill earlier should i finish the workout should i do this last set or should i you know sneak out of the gym should i have this alcoholic beverage or should i skip it should i eat this bread or should i pass on it so it's it's just an accumulation of a lot of help decisions and a lot of decisions that move you closer to your goals rather than further and that's basically what these physique athletes do really good because they're working within you know 12 to 16 weeks and prep for their show, the clock is ticking and they can't afford to make hurt decisions. And that's how they transform their body.
0: Well, and you think about the help and I have a question for you now. So, since we're talking about the help hurt rule, when you when the when that afternoon slump kicks in, that's where a lot of people can make the bad decision or they can do the hurt versus the help. If they're focusing on their meal and everything is wonderful, but then you get that afternoon slump where you start to get tired, your blood sugar crashes maybe, and now there can be a lot of things behind that. But I kind of want to quickly get your take on they're in that situation they're there right now we can't go back and look at their diet for the entire day or their week before and everything to find out why their blood sugars crash into what's going on they're just in that situation they need energy they need to get through their day what can they do to help them in that situation
1: well the main thing is to be educated so that you can make empowering decisions one of the um my coach my coach is a pro bodybuilder and he always says the more you know the more you grow so being educated and knowing how certain foods affect your hormones, and knowing, you know, the, the back, you know, understanding the logic behind why you're doing what you're doing with your meal plan will help you make decisions. So, for example, um, you know, it's, it, it, again, you kind of need to, every situation be a little different. It's hard to say, but I mean, essentially, want to make the best decision possible. For me, you know, if I was, um, you know, a protein is a staple with every single meal vegetables is a staple with every single meal so you know if I was in a situation where I didn't have food and I was trying to figure out you well, know, what do I eat right now it would be well I would first ask myself well where can I get protein right now and the second question I ask myself is where can I get some water right now or sorry vegetables and the third question I ask myself is where can I get some healthy fats right now so I would try and you know want to control my I, I kind of do like um a damage control sort of thing. I just try to not do any harm. So those are the foods that do the least harm to your body, proteins, uh, vegetables, and healthy fats. So I would just try and make the best choice possible.
0: So now I'm looking at five-hour energy. I'm looking at soda. I'm looking at coffee. I know that there's a, a gas station with a ton of energy drinks. I need to get through my day. I, well, I, don't what have I do anything. I'll
1: probably have a coffee. I'd probably have a coffee or I'd probably get, you know, I've, I've been in a situation, I'd probably have a sugar-free Red Bull, to be honest. If, again, you'll find that a lot of decisions, too, when you're in these situations, are, like, picking between the better of two evils. So it's like, should I have the diet soda or should I have the sugar-free Red Bull? Neither of them are, like, your best choices, but in that situation, you really have no other option but to pick one. Um, I mean, you always have the option of not... Having any of it, and there's a lot of thought, a lot to be said about just you know willpower and that. But I would probably end up just having a coffee or sugar free Red Bull or one of those rock star drinks, to be honest. And then you know, that wasn't my best decision, but it was the best one I could have made in that situation. So, but remember, not consuming anything at all is always an option, too. Sometimes just having you know, water with um, you know, some, some sweetener in it that will like get you to your next meal, sort of thing. So, um you know, don't, I, I encourage people not to have like call a, a kind of like an all or none approach. Like I find, and I'm guilty of this myself. and I can speak to this probably better than anybody. Cause I know a lot of people who will screw up one meal in their day and they'll basically say, Oh, I screwed up my lunch. I might as well just start fresh tomorrow and I'll eat like crap the rest of the day. <laughs> I've seen some people, Oh, I've screwed up all Monday. I'm just going to mess up the rest of the entire weekend. I'll, I'll, uh, and I'll and I'll get back on track next week. But you don't need to take an all or none approach. If you screw, if you miss a meal, you take make a choice. It's not the best choice mid midday. It doesn't mean you have to have an unhealthy dinner. You can still get right back on track, and that's where the one meal at a time approach really really um, keeps the focus.
0: So now being actually around a lot of um, you know whether it be bodybuilders, whether it be fitness models, when it comes to just being around athletes in general, I don't think it has to be identified just as um, fitness models or bodybuilders, just when it comes around being athletes. When you, when you have a bad day uh, in the gym, which people that work out a lot, we, when we have a bad day, it, it, can, affect, it can affect us because uh, you know you could have done better. Now, when, when there's people that have a bad day in the gym, when you have a bad day in the gym, how do you recover, Vince? When you have a bad day out there, you're in the gym, you know you could have done more, you did more last week, you just had a bad day, you weren't into it. How, how do you recover from that? Because some people don't recover very well, and they feel like quitting. They feel like going back to smoking. They feel like going back to eating bad. They know they could have done better, and they want to quit when they have that bad day. Some people get to that point.
1: What do you do when you have uh, a bad day? I have to think about that, because that's uh, it's a really interesting question. So um, I can definitely talk about setback. I mean... The main thing is to look at, you know, this whole training process and working out is more of a, you know, I always ask myself why. You know, why am I feeling really fatigued today on the Stairmaster? I was able to, you know, I was able to burn 800 calories last time. Today I only burnt 500 calories. So I, I'm not like, I try not to get down on myself. Instead I try and learn from the experience. And I never really see anything as a bad day, it's more of a learning experience. So I ask myself, oh, you know what, I went to bed at three in the morning last night. Better, you know, got to fix that. You know, there's always a reason. There's always a reason for why you don't just feel bad, you know, like, (laughs) um, so there's a reason you you had a bad workout. And and the question that the proactive response would be to figure out, why did I have a bad day? Was it really stressful at work? Um, Have I, you know, maybe... I can tell you, you know, if I train four days in a row, I can tell you right now that fourth workout, I'm going to be sore, I'm going to be slow, I'm not going to feel powerful. I've figured out that I can train three days with weights and I need a day off. Two on, one off, or three on, one off is optimal for Vince Del Monte. That's what i figured out for myself. So people need to not just walk out of the gym disappointed, but they need to take control of that situation and say, okay, why did I feel really weak in the gym today? What did I do yesterday? What did I eat today? Did I eat today? Did I follow my meal plan? Did I get to bed last night? How many weeks have I been at this? You know, when you get close to a contest, the last four weeks, it's just common knowledge. It sucks. Your your body's holding very little carbs, very little fat. Your joints are going to be more sore. Like, it's just common knowledge that you're going to be tired, and sometimes, um, you know, having a bad workout is one thing, but, you know, being fatigued and tired, there's there's usually ways of figuring out how not to let it happen. So I always try and turn every situation into a positive, let's put it that way, and try to find out why it happened and try and improve upon it the next time. Most people can answer their own questions too. That's the, that's the pretty cool thing about fitness. Again, a lot of stuff comes to some common knowledge. And people can say, oh, you know, I basically had breakfast. I had a muffin and donut for breakfast. I haven't eaten all day. No wonder I had a bad workout today. So, you know, people are following their meal plan. They're following a scientifically, you know, sound workout program. They're doing things properly. They're getting good sleep. They're managing the stress in their life. Ninety percent of their workouts should be really bang on. And, you know, I, I, I can... You know, most people will tell you, I don't have a, you know, when you hear people saying, I don't have a bad workout, it's probably because they've got so many factors dialed in. So it's just kind of a signal to yourself. It's kind of like a self-accountability thing. How can I, what variables can I do better at?
0: Now, when it comes to, now, you know, obviously you've been, you've educated yourself quite a bit on food and understanding eating. What is, uh, how would you tell, what, what is the worst possible thing you think somebody could eat? Or what do you think? What some of the worst food out there is?
1: Oh, that's a great question. Um, so, you know, and, that, and, 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 and you know, some people tell you there are no such thing as bad foods. Everything in moderation. I disagree with that. There are bad foods, and especially, um, you know, I, I would say anything that is packaged, processed, or hand, because those are things that are filled with a lot of chemicals, artificial sweeteners, preservatives, things that your body was never uh, designed to try and alter or process in your body. Um, You know, a lot of, there's a lot of fats, you know, a lot of, you know, there's a lot of salad dressings, any white flour products, I would avoid white flour products like the plague. I would do your best to avoid certain sugars. Most of the majority of sugars, Um, you like margarines, a lot of uh, a lot of fats that are chemically treated and that create trans fats. Uh, Again, anything that here's a kind of cool thing to think about when you go to the grocery store. Um, The best foods to put in your grocery in your in your in your cart are foods that only have one ingredient. So (laughs) I would say this: How many ingredients are in broccoli? One. How many ingredients are in chicken? One. How many ingredients are in nuts? One. So essentially you want to focus on whole foods, foods that you can hunt and gather in the wild primarily. This is, again, this is in, I'm not speaking on black and white terms here. This is primarily and for the majority of the time. So whole grains, um, fruits, vegetables, proteins, and nuts. Those are the foods that if the grocery store shut down today, and you can never go to a grocery store again, and you had to figure out how to survive, these are all foods you could find out in the wild. And if your diet is based on foods that aren't found out in the wild, like co-foods, you have a really crappy diet. Um, <laughs> I'll just say it, you do. And the foods that are causing people you know, horrible you know, you know, ruining people's physiques and health and life are what I call food products. So a food product is basically anything that is in a whole food. So a food product is something that's chemically made, and it's the majority of foods in the grocery stores, the majority of foods that are in the middle of the aisles. And if you were simply to focus on not eating food products, and you were to focus on eating whole foods, and you didn't know anything about calories or macronutrient breakdowns. You just said, "I'm just going to eat whole foods from now on. I'm not going to eat food products anymore." And you're just start moving in that direction. You would notice a dramatic transformation in your health and your in your uh, physique and in your life as well. So, um, and that's without even thinking about you need even taking it to the next step and thinking about numbers.
0: Now what about what about supplements right now? What are you doing for what kind of any specific type of protein or any type of supplements that you're taking right now that you enjoy?
1: Yeah, I think it's important for people, to, you know, I'll be very honest, like, I'm a professional fitness model, and, you know, I make a good living, um, you know, for my online fitness business, and I, so I don't have a budget when it comes to supplements, so, you know, I've, I've, been, I've scared a lot of people when I started listing off all the things I take, and people think, oh, my goodness, I can't take any of that, I can't afford all that, and I have to let people know, when I first transformed my body when I was 22 years old, I was making $10 an hour working in a gym, and... Um, I was living at my parents' house and I didn't have access to any supplements. So I first want to say that you don't think you need supplements. I'm all about optimal performance and I'm looking at getting the most out of my body and I make a living based on how my body looks. So you need, when I make supplement recommendations, you have to keep in mind who's making these recommendations for me and are these recommendations realistic for me based on my goals and all that. So. Uh, I think for most people, you know, I, I, I'm all about, you know, being a healthy organism. A healthy organism is going to perform perform well. So you want to look at supplements that work from the inside out, things that, you know, that combat free radicals, antioxidants. Um, I take um, high dosages of lots of different vitamins and minerals. Um, fish oils is probably one of the most most important ones a lot of people would benefit from. And those are, and, you know, I take a joint product as well. So I look at a lot of my, a lot of my supplements focus on working on my body from the inside out. And, um, you know, there's different categories of supplements. I call them, uh, there's staple supplements. Those are what I would call staple supplements, multi, multivitamins, fish oils, and, um, uh, you know, antioxidants. And then you've got a whole other line of supplements, which I call situational supplements and situational supplements are all dependent on your goals. So, you know, we're looking at like creatine and branched-chain amino acids and glutamine for a guy who wants to build muscle, then we're looking at there's certain stimulants that will help people lose fat. And so there's different situational supplements that you have to ask yourself, does this supplement make sense for me based on my goals? And, you know, obviously supplements come with a cost, so you have to you know, ask yourself is this uh, extra $200 investment each month, you know, can I rationalize this for, you know, it depends how serious you are, right?
0: Yeah, no, it does. And, and that's, that's great advice because, you know, I'm big on obviously taking protein in, but also, you know, my family's a little bit unique where we're, you know, we're gluten free and soy free and dairy free. So uh, a lot of times when it comes to my protein intake, it's the only dairy that I do is, uh, is whey protein.
1: I I've got I got a whole cupboard full of uh, you know protein and um, post workout drinks and you know I've got the green stuff too. But you know the fact is is if I took away all my supplements, my body would still my I always say the supplements make about a five to ten percent difference. So if you were to take pictures of me on stage with all the supplements I took and then a picture of me on stage without the supplements I took, I always wonder what kind of difference. How different the pictures would look. Uh, you know, 90% of the way you look is your diet and your training and your lifestyle. And I always say the supplements make a five to 10% difference. And um, you know, I take them because I, you know, I can. At first, I can afford them, and then two, because I just have this mental thing that I don't want to go up on stage and think, well, what if there was a few things I could have implemented that might have made my body look better. So. <laughs> So I kind of, I, that's kind of like my my way of thinking with it. And uh, um, the main thing too is to experiment and to track. You know, a lot of people take a shotgun approach to using supplements, and they're taking ten different things at once. I always introduce things one by one, and I document it. So I try and I try and figure out. You know, if I'm feeling a difference, is my sleep better, is my recovery better, my joints less sore, my recovering quicker? And um, I also study the supplement I'm taking because there's certain things that take up to 30 to 60 days to um, even saturate your your cells yeah, it for takes to, to kick an in. Impact, yeah.
0: so. And I yeah, I'm I'm big on the staple supplements and the situational. The only things I've ever found situational is this thing called Pantera, and it's their PCS, which is like um, it has like creatine, ester creatine, al- al- uh, al- al- alanine, tyrene, al- arginine. You know, it's uh, but. Oh. And and I can't do. Yeah, yeah, it's great, and it's you know it's got uh, it's got fennel creek in it, and it's really it's great. But I can notice if I take that two months in a row, you have to be able to track. You said that's great advice because you have to be able to look back at what you're doing. If I, I know for a fact if I take that for two months in a row, I get really bloated. And it's like it doesn't, I don't feel good. But if I take it for like a month and I go off for a couple months and come back, I get great results. I feel fantastic. But if I take it on a regular basis for more than just one bottle, I should say 240 caps usually lasts me about two months. But if I take it for more than one bottle, man, I really start to feel bloated and don't feel good. And I've had to learn that over a period of like six to eight months of kind of going off and on. it, And it, uh, you know, that's, that's great advice. You really have to track what you're doing.
1: Yeah, and you got to understand why you're taking things. I find people more, put more effort into buying a supplement than their actual diet. And again, people have heard this a million times, but it's so important to say diet is 90% of the equation. You know, it's so critical. I mean, I, I get 10 to 15 servings of vegetables in a day on top of my antioxidants and my vitamins and minerals. But you also have to understand I trained... I train 12 to 14 hours a week so you know I'm training like a professional athlete and you have to understand you know if you're training two three hours a week you probably don't need to be taking a lot of supplements but it should reflect what you're doing so I'm putting my body through a lot of stress so there's certain supplements I need you know I need to take a higher dosage of magnesium higher dosage of vitamin C and certain other, other products to help because of the nature of my training so Again, this all comes back to the more you know, the more you grow, and um, this is something that people should you know, continually be you know, reading into and not just reading about but taking action on too. That's where the true understanding comes from.
0: Well, Vince, I know that you carved out some of your day for us to come on Anytime Health Radio, and I really do appreciate it. Any last bits of advice you'd like to give um, Anytime Health listeners?
1: Yeah, just keep at it, everyone. You know, I, I want to say this. I think a lot of people doubt what they're doing is working. And something my coach always tells me is, you know, trust the program, trust what you're doing, and what you're doing is probably actually working. You just need to give it more time. You know, don't jump ship after two to three weeks on a diet or two to three weeks on a on a, on a supplement. You know, I, I suggest people, you know, check out my blog. Go to Vince Del dot com forward slash blog and there's some pictures of my physique on there or even just Google search my name Vince Delmoni and when you look at my physique that took eight years to create so don't come up to me and ask me you know Vince I'm trying to change my body over the next 12 weeks I'm like I've spent eight years you know forging this body so it takes time so people just need to understand that this isn't like a you, ha- you can't treat fitness like a hobby if you really want to see improvement
0: well that goes my next my next question was how can I look like you in a matter of the next four weeks so I guess I can't ask that one now
1: you, you can't and I think that's one of the most important things for a fitness professional like myself to say I need to be honest with people you can't look like me in the next four weeks
0: well I'd have to I'd have to grow hair and grow about six <laughs> inches.
1: And again, that's, that, that message is meant to be positive as well. It's like me watching UFC and saying, well, I want to be like one of these UFC fighters. Well, did you know these guys have been training since they were like eight years old? You know what I'm saying? Like there's nothing, yeah. everything you know and do is right. You just need to give it more time. And that's the biggest thing, you know, with our society. People, um, you know, lack focus and they just need to get focused on what they're doing, give it more time and enjoy the process really enjoy who you're becoming throughout the transformation and um, and have fun with it that's what it comes down to
0: well vince i uh, always know that you have a you have a stage here on anytime health radio you're more than welcome to come back as much as you'd like it was great to have you on today appreciate you answering a bunch of questions and 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 giving such great advice
1: i appreciate your time and i uh, wish everybody best of luck and just keep at it strong everyone
0: I want to say thanks again to Vince Del Monte for coming on Anytime Health Radio. You know, there's a, he he gave a lot of great advice in there, and the one I really want to pull out of that is that mindset and focus on today meal to the meal approach. That needs to be a priority. He said it was critical for body transformation. It needs to be the number one priority for your health. Here on Anytime Health Radio, we continue to bring on guests that can add value to your health and help you down this road of better health. If you have any ideas with guests you'd like to hear from on Anytime Health Radio, any feedback you want to send our way, we take that in. We would definitely appreciate it. And a lot of our guests are a reflection of who you have suggested to come on Anytime Health Radio. Send any of your thoughts, concerns, ideas to radio at anytimehealth.com. So thanks again, Mr. Vince Del Monte, for coming on Anytime Health Radio. I want to say thanks to T-Rev, our producer, Teradash, our booking agent who gets a lot of our great guests to come on, the entire Anytime Health Radio. Family, thanks for tuning in, and have a great week. Follow Anytime Health on Twitter and Facebook, and Anytime Health for AH Radio updates. Subscribe on AnytimeHealth.com or through the iTunes Store. Have a question or topic you'd like covered? Send them to radio at AnytimeHealth.com. For booking information contact Tara Dosh at booking at AnytimeHealth.com. The show is brought to you by Anytime Health and Anytime Fitness and is produced by Travis Carletta.